Welcome to School District Podcast School Buzz. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to discuss ideas that are relevant to our um, school district and to parents and to students. I have some guests here today. I'm Rebecca Cooksey. I always forget to introduce myself on this thing. <laughs> and the ideas and opinions expressed by the people here on the podcast are their own. This is not the official district-approved message. It's a platform that, for the exchange of ideas and information. So our topic for today is the importance of good attendance. Um, something that every kid should have as best as they can. And I have um, two guests here with me, and I'll let them introduce themselves. But we know that poor attendance is linked to school dropout later on in, um, when they get to high school. We also know that if you're not attending school in the early years, your chance of reading at a high level are also significantly decreased. And there's a, a link between, by the time you're having poor attendance in sixth grade, of whether you're going to be a high school dropout. So getting kids and parents to understand how important it is to come every day and be prepared um, is really, really important. So I will let you guys introduce yourselves. Go ahead. My name is Terrence Zeno. Sorry, I'm a little bit under the weather. My name is Terrence Zeno. I'm a counselor on special assignment. I've been working with the district for uh, five years now, and my new assignment is uh, attendance improvements. So I'm the supervisor of attendance, and I'm enjoying myself and loving the work. Lot to learn, but we have a, a lot of room for growth, and I'm excited for the opportunity. And I'm Stephanie Pilock. I'm the lead school nurse for the Lancaster District. I'm very excited to be here to discuss reasons, especially health reasons, why a child should or should not miss school, as well as to represent our district and our school nurses um, regarding health. Great, and thank you guys for um, coming here and being with me today. When I was a kid, my mom said, you're going to school no matter what. The only way that she didn't let us go to school was if we were throwing up that morning. <laughs> yes. And I was kind of very struck with my kids, too, when they were little. Um, you got to go every day. If you don't go every day, you're going to miss something. Uh, so when is it okay to miss school? In reference to health reasons, um, it's very frustrating for us because part of our job is to not not only send kids home when they're sick, but also to keep them in school when they not, they are not. Um, the main reason and the main focus of being in school is to, to get an education for kids. So some of the reasons that we would want them to remain home would be one of the biggest is fever. If their temperature is running, um, anything that we are very conservative in our district, anything 100 degrees and above, we send kids home because they are considered to be contagious or infective at that point. Um, they need to be fever-free for at least 24 hours, not without medication. Please do not medicate them, then send them to school. When the medicine wears off, the poor little things get droopy and they cannot function and cannot adequately do their schoolwork. Other things would be con um, infectious conditions such as pink eye. Only a physician can diagnose pink eye. There's different reasons for red, reddened whites parts of the eye. Um, which is that could be viral in nature. It could be allergic, especially in our seasonal time where we have pollen, high counts of pollen in the air, and these poor children can't function because they are wheezing and coughing their little heads off. Um, if they're having respiratory difficulties would be another good reason to keep them home because of uh, we have a lot of kids with asthma, so breathing difficulties. Um, if they are exhibiting flu-like symptoms, if they are having such things as um, norovirus symptoms, which is what people want to call the stomach flu or food poisoning, but it's actually a virus that causes what's called 
gastroenteritis, which is inflammation of the stomach and the intestinal lining. Very contagious condition, and it spreads like wildfire among kids. So those are a few of the reasons why we would keep them home. Um, there have been some misnomers about vomiting. Uh, we don't always send kids home when they vomit. <laughs> that has been kind of a bone of contention in the past. Um, and we've tried to rectify that because the kids got wind of the fact that, ooh, if I vomit, I get to go home. <laughs> and so they would intentionally vomit. Um, kids vomit because of asthma and coughing, and they, they can't, of course, if they have a full belly full of food, it's going to come up if they're coughing their little heads off. Um, they vomit if they've been out running around, especially after eating a full meal, and then they go out, especially now it's getting hot and 100 plus degree weather. And then, of course, they're going to get overheated and up it comes. So that's another reason why they, they would vomit. So we don't always want to send them home automatically when they throw up. Um, we definitely assess the situation. We take all of their symptoms into consideration, and then we go from there. So uh, that's another reason. I know sometimes we have unhappy people. Some of our teachers aren't happy when we keep them <laughs> in school, but we want them there and we want them to learn and we want them to get an education. Um, one other reason that comes to mind where we would send kids home or we would prefer you keep them home if they're coughing chronically and they just can't stop and it's spasmodic and we, um, it's very disruptive to not only the child, they can't concentrate or focus in the classroom, as well as it's disruptive to the other students and the other students cannot concentrate as well. So. Yeah, one of one of my kids was very dramatic, and so she yes. would give herself headaches because she gets so yes. intense. And so they would always call me to pick her up. I'm like, no, I'm not picking her up. Let right. her rest for a few minutes, put a cold rag on her head, and then send her back to class because Absolutely. she's going to have to learn how to control her emotions a little bit better. I can't right. pick her up every time she's got a little headache. Right. So That's she learned. Very, very good point. <laughs> and two, keep in mind um, that we can also have medications in school, but we have to have a doctor's order. Um, that accompanies the medication, even for over-the-counter, even cough drops, unfortunately, requires a medication order from a physician, and that, and that way we can also medicate them, keep them in the health office for a little bit before we return them to class so that they can continue on with their education. Right. Now, Terrence, what yes. might be another reason that a kid would stay out of school? Well, per ed code, you know, there are 11 reasons per ed code that a kid can be excused from school. So, what I like to talk about is excused versus unexcused absences. Mm -hmm. So per ed code, uh, a student that is ill, a student that is in quarantine, like I said, 11 reasons that a child can be excused from school. Um, and we like our, our staff to educate our parents in the fall through our handbooks and through parent-teacher conference back to school night and to make sure everyone's aware of the laws and how to excuse an absence because our unverified and unexcused absences can lead to a a meeting with our district attorney hearing officer and the abolished chronic truancy act and that's a totally different topic but the unexcused unverifieds do lead to truancy and that like you said earlier um it's crazy to watch the statistics and how actually how true they are and the connection between a child that is not proficient in meeting at third grade but then in sixth grade they become disengaged by eighth grade failing class math or english or both and like you said, in high school, we have a high school dropout. And the direct correlation to low-income families definitely um, is there as well. Um, our low-income and minority students are disproportionately represented. One of those students with the most severe attendance problems. I want to give you a statistic that one out of every four African-American kindergartners 
missed more than 10% of school last year. Wow. And four out of every five elementary school students who missed more than 20% of the school year were low income. These attendance disproportionalities help widen the achievement gap, and that's what we really want to, to focus on is that achievement gap. And I know as a, when I was a principal, that was the really big thing to teach kindergarten parents. Absolutely. That kindergarten's important. They've yes, got to be is. here. And I think lots of times people think, that oh, they're playing or they're just having yeah. a good time. They're learning so many foundational Absolutely. skills mm -hmm. that they really can't be absent and, so and take a, a vacation to Disneyland or, yes. or go down and visit grandma mm -hmm. for a week. Mm -hmm. you really got to schedule your vacations around the school yes. vacations and and establish those those really good attendance skills early. Absolutely. And appointments as well, dental appointments, medical mm -hmm. appointments. We'd like them to be scheduled as late in the afternoon as possible right. and with an excuse, doctors know when, they, when the child returns. Exactly, exactly. And that's such a hard thing to get to kindergarten parents because they're used to having yes. them at home and yes. having them, or just going to preschool, which still, they're doing a lot of learning there. But just that really important skill of coming to school every single day. Absolutely. Um, so what are some of the reasons that students become chronically absent? And chronically absent means they're absent more than 10% of the school year. Correct. And that's something that the state tracks now. There's no getting out of yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, but why do some children have such a hard time? You know, in our area, what I come across a lot, one of the major barriers is transportation. A lot of our, our families are low income, unfortunately, and the transportation is an issue. Uh, we also have a high, a high uh, rate of individuals that move from Los Angeles, and they come here as single parents, and they don't have a lot of support. So uh, we see individuals that have appointments in the Valley, appointments in Los Angeles, or even work down the hill. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they can't get, get their kid picked up in time from school, so they feel the only alternative is to take the child with them to work or to an appointment because they just don't have the support at home, and I can't leave my child at school at 5 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So those are barriers that we see. And from a healthcare perspective, like such things as chronic health conditions such as diabetes, such as asthma, is a Or of the thought that, that they cannot have an inhaler at school or a nebulizer or medication in which to treat them, um, and when in, very much indeed that they can. They just need to communicate uh, with their school nurse, preferably, so that they're able to develop a, a plan of care for them to, to accommodate them and provide for whatever their needs are in school. And then if the school nurse feels that it's they are too ill to be in school or their respiratory condition has progressed to the point where we there's nothing we can do for them that the but the parent needs to come and pick them up and take them to seek us additional health care um, then we are like the first on the phone to to try and get a hold of the parents right i know our, our nursing staff is just fabulous about taking care of our kids really on top of it and really know their health plans uh, one of the things that I could also suggest for parents that have chronically ill children is we have a school called Lancaster Alternative um, Virtual Academy, LAVA, and it's a school that you don't have to come every single day. You can do some of your work online. You meet up every two weeks with, with um, the staff. So if your kid is really struggling in getting to school because of an illness or, or a psychological um, problem, this is a great alternative because there's a great staff there that's very supportive and has a much um, more flexible 
um, view on schooling because you don't have to be there from 8 to 3 o'clock every single day, which is, which is nice. This, that brings up an excellent point, Rebecca, because I don't think parents are aware of the alternatives right. that are available, such as independent study, home hospital education, and all the alternatives that LAVA, the LAVA program provides. Mm -hmm. So we just want to make sure that they know yes. about that. Sure. So one of the things that I had trouble with when I was a principal is I had a little girl who just didn't want to come to school. We you know, tried to make it as welcoming as possible and you know, let her know that she was loved. But this parent was just at her wit's end getting this kid to school. So what strategies do you have for parents that if they've got a kid like that, um, what would you suggest for them? You know, first and foremost, I suggest the setting up a meeting at the school SST meeting, student study team meeting, with um, the administrator, homeroom teacher, and the school counselor. We have a dynamic counseling team here in Lancaster School District and they are um, always providing interventions and supports for children that have those type of barriers to really, really dig in and find the function of the behavior mm -hmm. and try to provide an alternative and to provide the, the intervention to assist. That's a, that's a great suggestion. And we have counselors on every single yeah, school not, site, absolutely. which is uh, when I was a principal in another district, that, mm -hmm. I never had a counselor ever my whole career. So that's a wonderful thing that our school district provides. Stephanie, did you have anything and, to add to well, that? It's just very difficult to offer assistance or resources if we're not aware that a problem exists. Right. So it's so extremely important. We're here to help. We're not the enemy. We're here right. to, <laughs> to assist and to do whatever we can to link uh, parents with resources. I know sometimes parents are afraid to say something, um, but please, you know, we are here. We want to do whatever we can to, to help you. Great. Um, so I know that one of the things that we were doing to help um, get attendance recovered back was to do some Saturday schools. And I know that one Saturday school, I believe, is at Sunnydale, where we had the counselors come in and we talked about good attendance. And we talked about you know being positive at school and having that positive outlook. And we got lots of kids to attend, and they said, when are we doing this again? Um, what else are our schools doing to help kids with attendance? Well, we are, uh, like I said, currently providing the interventions and supports to our counseling team. Where we're actually working on some amazing attendance campaign for the fall. All right. We're rolling out in the fall 1920 our uh, amazing district wide campaign challenge five, where we're actually strive for five is the is the actual the title. And we're going to strive for less than five days absent. And kind of we've done the research and it seems that five days is when academically children start to, to suffer. Zero to four days absent, the child's really not going to see much academic difference. But when you get to that fifth absence. We do start to see, per research, that things start to trickle off, um, and, that, and that's pretty difficult for children to see. The other thing that I want to piggyback on, once, as you said earlier, is when a, when a child is missing school, it's more than just missing a day of school, okay? Um, you're not just missing a worksheet that you can get the next day. You're not just missing an assignment you can go home and get on Google Classroom. You're missing a conversation from your educator and from your classmates and your schoolmates, and that is... A lot of times, education in itself is we learn from others, okay? And so the conversation is one of the biggest pieces that we like to say they're missing. And socialization skills. Yes. You know, those are extremely important as well. And from a healthcare perspective, um, something that, that we can, are trying and attempting to do is to teach kids good hygiene habits. Yes hand washing, you know, sneezing and coughing either into a tissue or into the, the uh, el bend of their elbow instead of just kind of blowing it everywhere <laughs> because that's how germs are spread. So th those are some things that are extremely important that parents can reinforce at home as well. And that can help to cut down on illness, which will help to, you know, cut down on absences from school. 
Right. And, and I know that this year we had a, an outbreak of flu at several schools. Yes. It just kind of really brought our oh, attendance yeah. down. Yes. It's just, it was a tough year with the rain and the colder weather yes. and stuff. Um, and just a, a note for parents, that just because it's raining doesn't mean you don't mm -hmm. come to school. We always mm -hmm. see a, a decrease in attendance, yes. mm -hmm. but uh, we're not made of sugar. Yes. <laughs> we're going to be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and the wind will not blow us away. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it seems it may. Yeah. And Terrence, you brought up a really good point with that conversation. I think one of the things that children are chronically absent don't always have good relationships. Mm -hmm. And when they don't feel like they're being valued at school or they don't feel like they have friends, then it's easier to stay home and kind of hide. So we want to make sure that at school, we're helping kids build those great relationships. And when they're absent, where were you yesterday, Terrence? Yes. Come on, we missed yes. you. You got to come to school. And really making kids feel like when they're not there, they're really missing out. So true. So great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate you guys being here Thank on the you. podcast. Um, kind of short notice, but I thought, ah, oh, this is a great topic. We need to do this. We want to give a community shout out to um, Ozobots. Um, the person that sells us Ozobots is Diego Corvebus. I hope I said your name right. And he gave us a donation of four Ozobots for our middle school kids. They had a computer coding event. And those kids got to take their own little Ozobot home with them, which is wow. a little baby robot, which awesome. is super cool. Yeah. yeah and they just cool. donated those to us. So mm -hmm. that's really nice. Incentives are always wonderful. Exactly. Yes. Um, so thank you for coming. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud or you can find it on the district website. And one day you'll be able to find it on iTunes when I figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, our awesome. next podcast, super interesting topic, um, standardized testing, <laughs> uh, a topic that we're all concerned about right now. We want to give you some strategies on how to help your children be successful. So have a good evening. And as you um, leave this podcast, you'll hear music from Kelly Stock and the children at Sierra Elementary School. Awesome. Thank you for listening. <laughs>